Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We'll rock it out to the telephone lines with our first and only guest of tonight's show. Uh, We've been trying to schedule it the last couple of weeks. We got it locked in for tonight. Very much looking forward to talking to Tyler Sullivan from CBSSports.com and CBSHQ. Ty, Jody Mack here. How you doing, bud? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Let me start here. Um, no, you're a Boston guy. You're uh, unbiased when you uh, write and want to touch on CBS HQ. Um, but you're a Boston guy, uh, born and bred and rooting interest and like the same way. I'm a Jet guy. Grew up New York, Jet fan my whole life. And I try and keep that out of my commentary when I'm on the air. I had a jet win today, and all I've gotten is nothing but tweets and texts from friends and associates whining about it. You're a Patriot guy. The Patriots lost today, and I'm assuming people are whining and complaining about it because they're not going to make the playoffs for the first time in a dog's age. Did you get a lot of correspondence from Patriot people over the course of the last five, six hours? Yeah, I think we're commiserating uh, together th- this week. It- it- it's not a, uh, it's an unfamiliar situation in New England, maybe a little bit more familiar in New York. But this scenario with the Patriots, and I think the overwhelming thing that, that I've been getting in terms of the Patriots and their down year again, missing the playoffs for the first time since 2008. And even, in- even back then it was, well, Tom Brady suffered a torn ACL. What do you expect? We still won double-digit games that year. So it wasn't even that big of a sting at the time now you're looking at it and you're saying now what what are the patriots going to do going forward here clearly cam newton as as much as it's been enjoyable for him to be here in new england this year because he really has been great speaking with the media and, and really not a bad thing to say about him off the field but when you look at the product on the field the passing game just just isn't there and, and it's just a small sliver of what's wrong with the offense but clearly a quarterback is going to be a big issue for, for the Patriots and, and, and the Jets. I'm sure you guys are talking about the same thing. What is going to be the future under center for the New England Patriots? And, and it's something that's going to be kind of up to here, whether it's in the draft or in free agency or via trade, however they're going to do it. But right now, I think the biggest takeaway is it's probably not Cam Newton going into 2021. Right. Jared Stidham's got to play the next two weeks, doesn't he? Well, that's been my thing, and I've been saying this for the past couple of weeks now. I mean, you know, it, 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 you know, today is the day where the Patriots are ultimately eliminated from postseason contention, but we knew this a few weeks ago, too. I mean, there was a small sliver for them to even make the postseason over the last couple of weeks here. So, you know, yes, mathematically they're eliminated today, but realistically they were out of this a few weeks ago, and I was banging the drum for 
for Jared Stidham to get in here because, believe it or not, the last guy to throw up the touchdown for the Patriots has been Jared Stidham. He did it in garbage time against the Los Angeles Chargers a few weeks back, I believe in week 13. So, to me, clearly you have to know what you're going to get in him. I think we all know what Cam Newton is and what Cam Newton isn't. And right now, Cam Newton's not the quarterback in the New England Patriots in 2021, or at least that shouldn't be their primary option. Right now, now that they are eliminated, it needs to turn into an evaluation phase for this team in, in, all, in all aspects of the roster, and most notably under center. You don't know what you're going to have in Jared Stidham. Yes, we've seen him in spot starts every now and again, whether he's coming in for Tom Brady last year or Cam Newton this year, or even Brian Hoyer against that game in Kansas City. But we've never seen Jared Stidham have a full week of practice with the number one offense, fully prepare as the number one starter, and then play in a game. He hasn't done that yet, and he's a former fourth-round pick. The Patriots picked him for a reason. It would be something that you would like to see over these next couple of weeks here. What does Jared Stidham bring to the table? And if it's nothing, at least you know your answer going into the offseason. Last Patriot thing for you, and then I promise we'll move on to other stuff. Um Give me the percentage breakdown of Patriot fans who are rooting for Tom Brady to have a big postseason with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and those that are rooting against Tom Brady and hope that he suffers the same fate and doesn't even make the playoffs like the Patriots. I'll give it to, I'll give it to you better. It won't even be a percentage. It'll be a demographic. Everybody okay. who is about 35 years old and younger We'll be rooting for Tom Brady to go get another ring in Tampa Bay. Everybody who's a little bit older, who's seen the Patriots struggle, who remember those days, those are the te- those are the people I think that lean more towards the, well, he left us. Screw him. He's not one of us anymore. We want to see him fall. We only want him to be successful when he was a member of the New England Patriots. I think you're going to go more of a new school Patriots fan who was here during the early 2000s and on versus the old-timers who were here when the Bledsoe years and even going back possibly to Steve Grogan. I mean, that's, I think, what you're seeing here and the distinction between Patriots fans when they're talking about Tom Brady. You know, I'm of the sense of I'd love to see greatness. I want to see what he would do from a from a Tom Brady perspective. I think it would be fascinating to see what he could do in Tampa Bay, and if he could possibly win a Super Bowl here, that's another thing that he could point to to say, listen, other quarterbacks that were able to leave haven't really been able to do that. I mean, more recently we saw Peyton Manning do it in Denver, but he was more of a passenger on that team than he was a key cog. If Brady can do that, it's something that Joe Montana couldn't do, Joe Namath, you name it in terms of those guys making that next step in their career. So I would love to see it from a from a narrative standpoint, but when you talk about it locally up here, it's more of when you became a Patriots fan, I think, is when you uh, where you are rooting for Tom Brady. Very interesting breakdown. Thanks for sharing that with us. And, oh, by the way, if the old-school Patriot fan is right and the Patriots go back to being the pre-Brady Patriots uh, after Brady is gone, oh, those new-school Patriots will become old-school Patriot fans real fast <laughs> and want to see some changes. We're talking to Tyler Sullivan from CBSSports.com. I made this statement uh, when I hopped on with Ack on Ion Football, and I don't know what it was about today's play, but it really just hammered home for me today. The AFC is way better than the NFC. And when I say that, I mean at the top, the teams that are going to make the playoffs, the teams that actually, when they get in the playoffs, I can make an argument and or see a path where they win a couple of games and before you know it, they're in a championship game. 
The AFC seems to have about seven or eight teams like that, and there can only be two teams in a conference championship game. The NFC seems to have like two, maybe yeah. three at the most. Am I overstating it by saying the AFC, at least at the top where it matters the most, is far superior to the NFC right now? No, no, I'm in lockstep with you. I, I feel the same exact way. I, you know, If someone asks me you know, on the street or wherever, they go, hey, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? I think right now it's, you, can't, you really can't go anywhere other than, say, the Kansas City Chiefs. They just look like a team that is primed to go back-to-back. Patrick Mahomes is, is unbelievable. But when you say, hey, who could upset the Chiefs, I could list you about three or four teams. I think Josh Allen has all the talent in the world to be able to do it with Buffalo, especially with that defense starting to kick it up. The Colts have a defense that could really disrupt what the Chiefs do on offense. And, and if Phillip Rivers has a good day, it would not surprise me at all. The Titans. If you get Ryan Tannehill on a good day and Derrick Henry's running like crazy, you never know what a game like that could look like. And even Pittsburgh, yes, they have some issues. They're probably the team that doesn't scare me a lot if I was, you know, say the Miami Dolphins, who I think they're projected to play on Wild Card Weekend. I don't even know who I would pick in that game. I kind of like the Dolphins the way they're cooking right now, especially with the Steelers on that downturn. But they're a team with a defense, with Ben Roethlisberger, a team that has been to a Super Bowl before and won it. They are a team that could give the Chiefs a run for their money. But then you go over to the NFC, and yes, I love what's going on with with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level and all that. But right now, who is their main competitor? Is it the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees? Yes, he threw three touchdowns today, but ultimately he looked a little bit slow, especially to start there. You never know what that's going to look like after a little bit more wear and tear throughout the season. And then I would say maybe the next team in the NFC, is it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We were just talking about them and Tom Brady. They needed to have an unprecedented Super Bowl 51-type rally against the Atlanta Falcons, and this is an Atlanta Falcons team that's under 500. So I don't even know if I believe in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. They just haven't shown me enough consistency that I can say, listen, they can go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. Hey, they can go into a New Orleans and face Drew Brees and the Saints. So to me, it's really a two-team race there. I still don't have much faith in Seattle Seahawks. I really like the Los Angeles Rams up until they lost to the New York Jets today. I like them as possibly a sleeper. But now that they're on the downturn, it, it clearly is a big discrepancy when you're looking at the NFC and the AFC. There's no question about it. I'll tell you who I think is the number two team to Green Bay right now, and that is Seattle that you said you aren't as huge a fan of as I am um, because their defense has actually been upgraded, one by a return from injury in Adams and one by acquisition. Dunlap has given them a pass rush, and it's not just by himself, but he seems to have drawn enough attention that other guys are actually getting home now. I think Seattle has got the offense that could get to a championship game. The question has always been the defense, and they truly have improved defensively over the last couple of weeks. No, it's a good point, and it's true. They they do have the pieces now to at least make things a little bit interesting. And, and I know we're not talking about the offense, but it looks like they're going to get Josh Gordon back too. Who knows what that can bring? You know, Maybe that makes life a little bit easier for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and those guys. And, and Russell Wilson, we all know, is an absolute stud. But there's no question about it. The defense is getting better. It's just I don't know if I fully trust them the way I do going into a game like I would in New Orleans or a Green Bay. And, again, 
You put Russell Wilson in one of those scenarios, it's hard to bet against that guy, and the defense is playing better. But, yes, I do think it's a – they might be the number three team, but it's, it there feels like there's a big teardrop there when you're looking at the NFC. We've got the NFC lease to watch the Cowboys get a win today, but the Washington football team lose – the uh, Eagles hung tough against the Cardinals, but they lost. We'll see what the Giants and the Browns uh, do here. Somebody's got to win that division. But they're going to be a pretty big underdog against a very good wild card team in the first round of the postseason. Does home field advantage mean anything in that playoff game? No, it really doesn't. And, and I think you're going to see that a lot this year. We're home field advantage. I don't think the spreads are going to be that crazy if you're talking from a betting standpoint because, you know, we've seen it all year. It's, there's not a lot of home field advantage. I know that there's some fans in some of these stadiums, but it doesn't have that same that same fever. You know, if, if you were looking at it from a few weeks ago when, when the Pittsburgh Steelers were still undefeated, you could make a case, and, you know, if this was under normal circumstances, wow, Kansas City will have to go into that crazy environment at Heinz Field and try to take down the Steelers, that's a tough situation for them to be in. Or vice versa. All these guys got to go through Arrowhead Stadium, or all these teams have to go through Lambeau Field. It's just a little bit different now. When you look at it from the NFC East, too, you know, yes, you know, one of these teams is going to go on the road to face to face the whether whoever it is. I think, you know, it could be Dallas, it could be Washington, it could be any of these teams. I think right now it's projected to be the Los Angeles Rams going into Washington to face the football team like I'm not that worried about the Rams if they're if they get right after this loss against New York. If they're able to kind of fix things over the final few weeks here, that team should be able to beat Washington. That team should be able to beat Dallas or whoever comes out for the within that division. To me, it should be able to do that. Whether it's home field or not, it doesn't really matter. I just said this to a caller I had before we punch you up at the start of the hour. He closed out the last hour for me. About the Raiders, he's a Raider guy, and saying uh, when they were six, and I thought maybe we had a chance, and now it's frustrating again. Uh, and asked me about Derek Carr, and I said, "I'll be honest with you, I don't know if Derek Carr is going to be the Raiders' quarterback next year." I know Mariota played okay, and I was a huge Mariota fan coming out of Oregon. I'll tell you honestly, I just don't see it in the kid. I don't think he's a winning NFL quarterback. So I said the Raiders might go in another direction. And I think there's going to be more change at quarterback during this offseason than maybe any offseason we've seen in the last 5, 10, 15 years. Agree or disagree that the chips just seem to be lining up for teams deciding, hey, I got to go in another direction and change my quarterback path. Yep, could totally see it. And, and, and you know, just sticking there with, with Las Vegas there. You know, you, it, it, they, going into the season, wasn't there that feeling that almost John Gruden was looking for an excuse or looking for a way to not have Derek Carr be his quarterback? I mean, I remember during the stadium ribbon-cutting ceremonies that, you know, Derek Carr was kind of missed at reporters when they were asking him about his future and stuff and saying, listen, I'm going to be here. This is, this is my team. But it was almost like it was expecting there to be a change at some point, whether it was with Mariota or somebody else. It just felt like there was a lot of smoke there. And now here is this situation where if Mariota plays extremely well, maybe here's a situation where he takes over and pulls a Ryan Tannehill of, of, uh, of 2020. But ultimately, I do think that you're going to see a lot of turnover, whether it's 
you know, even if uh, Mariota plays decent, maybe you see him traded. Maybe he's worth more to the Las Vegas Raiders as a trade piece as opposed to a backup quarterback. But also, you look across the entire NFL. We don't know what the Detroit Lions are going to be doing. They look like they're a team that could be on the full reset. And does that mean a guy like Matthew Stafford's on the move? We're seeing what's going on in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. He seems to be like the real deal with the Eagles. And what does that do to Carson Wentz? There was already a report this morning that if they decide to go in that direction with Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz does not want to be a backup, and nor should he given his pedigree and given his background, so they could be making a move there. It's going to be difficult with that cap hit, but that's something that they could do. You look over in San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo could be on the move. There's been a lot of smoke around that, whether they're going to move on and maybe find another quarterback in the draft or in free agency or via trade. Could he be on the move? Clearly Cam Newton's going to be on the move, but I don't know if a ton of teams will want him. You can go through all of these teams and say heavy hitters on the move because not only are there a lot of free agents and and things of that nature and guys possibly shaking loose, but you're looking at an NFL draft where there's possibly – at least two guys at the top, and maybe in the first round, you could see five quarterbacks taken. So to me, not only are you going to see guys move because of just you know logic and contracts and things like that, but they want to make way for these younger guys. If, if one of these teams are up there in the upper echelons of the draft, they want to bring in a younger guy. That, to me, would make a lot of sense. So, yeah, no, there's going to be a lot. There's a case to be made that we'll see a ton of movement, even more so than what we saw last year. And I think it's going to lend itself to an exciting and fun offseason. But we got to get through this season before we get to the offseason. So let me ask you this final question. I don't know how many people will be allowed into the upcoming playoff games. Depends on where you're at. There could be some developments with the vaccine over the next couple weeks, which could have teams changing their opinions and the like. I, I don't want to speculate on that because none of us know anything for sure. But I do want you to speculate on TV numbers. That's the two things that we can draw how engaged a fan base is. Number one, who's showing up at the games, but there's restrictions. And who's putting the tube on and watching it in what kind of numbers. Playoff numbers is usually huge in the NFL. The NFL is the big dog on the block. Always has been, always will be when it comes to sports. Playoffs being the biggest aspect of the year. But the numbers are down slightly this year, and there could be all sorts of reasons why. I'm not going to sit here and analyze and speculate on uh, the coronavirus and its relation to fans and TV numbers and everything else. But playoff to playoff, year to year, are we looking at a good playoff year, an okay playoff year, an outrageously good playoff year? A no-down playoff year, Joe, because it was signified by the regular season that the playoff number is going to be down, too. How are we going to look at this year's upcoming playoffs through the eye of the TV watcher? And again, you know, this is TV. This is something that people need to be interested in. So if the matchups aren't great, people aren't going to be as likely to tune in. And if you're looking at the playoff picture right now, you do have a lot of intriguing matchups. And I think that there's something generally that's going to interest fans, maybe not so much on wild card weekend, but maybe even going into that second round. And it's that first round by only one team gets it this year. So, you know, you're not going to have Kansas city in the first round. You're not going to have green Bay 
in that second round. So automatically, you're getting more talent pool in or more elite teams on wild card weekend. You know, you wouldn't have New Orleans, you wouldn't have Pittsburgh if things currently stand the way that they are in wild card weekend, which is just adds another two huge fan bases to the market and to the to the to the pool of who they're going to be looking at. I mean, sure, a Steelers fan would be paying attention anyways to see who they're going to face. Same thing with New Orleans and just like what Kansas City and Green Bay fans will be doing if they end up being the number one seed. But you're looking at crazy fan bases going into this playoffs, whether in the AFC it's Cleveland or Buffalo or Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, like I said, Miami possibly, or you get Baltimore. And then when you go into the NFC, you still get Tampa, and I think that that's an emerging market just because you're going to get so many people from New England and all over the NFL wanting to see what Tom Brady does in the playoffs. And if it's against Russell Wilson or if it's against Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, you have the stars, you have the pedigree franchises, where I do think you're going to have good ratings there. I'm not too worried about that. And, Tyler, you know who's been the biggest winner in the NFL so far this year? State Farm. (laughs) <laughs> with the Rogers rate and the Patrick Price. You've got your two runaway MVP candidates, both uh, repping for State Farm these days, and they could very well meet up in the Super Bowl, which would make it a slam dunk win for State Farm over the course of the year. Uh, a sta- slam dunk win for us for getting you on with us tonight, Ty. Give me uh, some good insight. Appreciate it greatly. We'll do it again soon enough. Thanks, pal. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Tyler Sullivan from CBSSports.com and CBS HQ. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 